Just this kick is your mic here. Hey, just kick the show off, man. I'm recording on my end. Just kick the show off. You know, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't work around here on Chili's. You can just stop right there. I don't work around here on Chili's dang time, man. <laughs> well, look, when I'm ready to kick the show off, this joker tells me give me 35 seconds. No, man, when I'm ready to kick the show off. We're going to kick the show off. What do you Well, you did ask. You said, are y'all ready to kick the well, show yeah, off? Well, yeah, I was just, you know, letting y'all know I was ready to kick the show off. So what the crap beep, are you beep, doing? Beep. What are you doing, man? Beep, beep, beep. I'll tell you what. You about to mess up this morning. Beep, beep, beep. Yep. You are about to mess up this morning, son. You are trying Go to ahead. push my buttons. Go ahead. Come on. You are Come trying. across that table right there. Well, look, I'm going to tell you what Chili's all upset about, man. I'm in such good shape right now. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> it's freaking ridiculous how good a shape I'm in. These jokers, we went Team PT this morning. We did Blake's little piddly run that Coach Chili has prescribed for him today. And, of course, I just crushed both you guys. Easily, too. Like, easily. Dude, you're so weak, you can't even eat a sandwich from about three restaurants in America. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I crushed y'all easily. So, I think at this point now, I'm, run, I'm probably a little better in terms of running. I'm a little better than Chili was at his best when we first met him. I'm thinking that's about where I'm at. He did inform me of that today, that he is in the best shape out of all y'all. Yeah. So that's what they're mad about. Uh, Aaron Brown, he said last week you was getting soft. This week it's the other people. Yeah, you guys are – you guys ain't cutting the mustard, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. <laughs> Look, y'all were talking about how hard that workout was today. That workout was not hard. That was freaking easy, man. So, get in shape, guys. All right? I'm tired Dang, of y'all Brett Childers just give a $50 super chat. I appreciate Jeez, that, Brett. Brett. He said, please use for research and brain development on a lightweight 307 branded fingernail clipper set. <laughs> That's top tier comment right What's there. What's up, YouTube? What's up, YouTube? Where did that come from? The other day, what sparked that off on the fingernails? Um, I mean, that's just a pet peeve of mine. Like, I, a pet peeve, that's a pet peeve of mine, yeah. And so, and Calvin, wants to, Calvin wants to know what the workout is. You know, people like to know our workout. Nope, it's probably some people's <laughs> pet peeve that you say pet peeve. All right, YouTube, while I got y'all live on here, how many YouTube listeners do we have on right now? 65. All right. Well, I got at least 65 of y'all on right now. I got some news for y'all cats. Um, if you think that there's something wrong with a man like me having a beard, you are a straight puss. All right? I'm about sick of seeing people on YouTube talk about like my beard is makes me uh like um 
whatever, like unprofessional, you know, like you are a straight turd if you think there's an issue with a man having a beard. All right. Look at all the look at all the great men of history before men became pussified. They had beards. All right. Look at Robert E. Lee. Look at General uh, Grant. Look at General Longstreet. Look at Abraham Lincoln. Look at all the great men of history. They had a beard, man. They, look, you've been brainwashed. If you think there's something wrong with a man having a beard, what the crap is wrong with y'all, man? How sensitive are you? I, I'm trying to get people's thinking back in alignment with, like, no, reality, you, man. How sensitive are you? I care about people. Okay. I, I care about people. How sensitive are you? I'm not sensitive at all. I care about people. And, and, and let me tell you, if you think if you think there's an issue with a man having a beard... You need to check yourself because you're 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 screwed you up, man. Yourself. You're screwed up. Okay. Man, you probably got a YouTube comment that said shave your beard, and you are. I mean, your panties are so in a twist you can barely sit down right now. I'm gonna tell you some other things I don't like. There's a right? hundred people on here, and every one of them that have commented have agreed with you. Okay, thank you. All right. Now, how asked? How did that come up? The, the thing about Can't the even introduced Hal. What the heck, this man? Is I, I was going to do that in a minute. We got instructor Hal on the show. Hal Carmine on the show. Um, there's a couple other things. So there's some things that bother me, all right? One is men with long fingernails. I explained that in the video why, okay? Another thing that really bothers me is anytime cold air is blowing on me in the morning. Okay, so we had a speaking engagement on Monday. We get in the car early in the morning because we got to drive to Atlanta. I get in the truck, and Blake has to cut the daggone air condition on because he's always he's soft like that. Got to have air conditioning, right? Well, let me say that if you go anywhere with Chad before nine o'clock, it don't matter if it's hundred and five degrees out. He's going to have the air on because he's old. He's got thin blood because he's taking his blood thinners. And he drinks too much alcohol. <laughs> Justin Sheely did hook me up with two jars of moonshine the other day. Dang, man, you putting that out? Shout out, Justin. Uh, hey, I don't like cold air blowing on me in the morning, all right? I hate that. Another thing that I can't stand, when it's sunny and it's raining. You know when you go through the, you know, every now and then you're going through kind of, you know, it's all sunny out, but it's still raining? I can't stand that. Drives me crazy, all right? Another thing that bothers me, when it's sunny and cold, can't stand it. I won't even go outside. I'll close all the curtains. Look, if it's cold, it needs to be dreary. I cannot stand sunny, cold weather, all right? Last thing I'm going to give you all that bothers me, and I'm going to give you all a little tip here. I should have saved this. Why are you giving this to everybody then? This is a tip. I should have saved this for truck talk, all right? But here's a tip. An old uh, Indian lady taught me this one time. Oh, jeez. You know what drives me crazy, man? When I step out of the shower, 
When, okay, my wife, if she takes a shower before me. Hold on, an old Indian lady taught you this? Yeah, th- this tip. It, it leads to a tip, all right? Elijah. All right, so when my wife takes a shower before me, because I'd like to stay up later than her, so she generally takes a shower before I do, and I get to bed a little later. Well, I go in to take my shower, get in and do my thing. I step out of the shower, and the little mat that's there, you know, right there at the bottom of the, right when you step out, you step onto the mat. It's like sopping wet, dude. I mean, I step on it and like it's squishy. It's so wet. That drives me insane. I hear you on that one. Okay. This old Indian lady taught me this trick one time. Here's what you can do. I was getting out of the shower and she said, now look, Chad, let me show you what you You can actually towel off when you're look, still in there. Do a little prep before you get in the shower. Grab your towel. And put your towel right there on the outside of the shower where you can reach, you know, within a, a re- arm's reach. All right? When you're done taking a shower, reach down and pick your towel up. And dry, you know, you can dry yourself off entirely while you're standing in the tub. Well, not the bottoms of your feet. No, you yes, can. you can. Yes, you can. This is, you dry yourself off entirely. All right? You get down to your foot. You dry this foot off, you step out of the shower with this dry foot. You pick this foot up, dry this foot off, put it out of the shower, and you get, you're totally dry. I'm I surprised mean, you're can- mobile enough to do that. And yeah, you, don't, I mean, you don't soak the daggone floor. Brooke, just, softy, Brooke just called me. She must be listening to this. She just called me. I can't do that. I'd sweat too bad standing there drying off. I'd get another shower. <laughs> Leave sweat in the floor. Well, how, how you just need to uh, you need to up your prep. You need to up your shower prep. So not only do you need to, to put your towel within arm's reach, but you need to get one of them big squirrel fans, like they put in a CrossFit gym. That might work. And set it there, and also have the the switch to turn it on. That way, then you get double dried. You get cooled and dried all at the same time. All right. So that's a couple things that that really aggravate me cold air blowing on me sunny rain cold sunny days and a wet shower mat men with long fingernails if you think there's something wrong with a man with a beard you're a daggone puss man if you can grow a beard grow a beard if you can't grow a beard i feel sorry for you man because you're never going to get anywhere in life if you can't grow a beard all right that's how i wanted to open that show well, there you go. Pretty sound wisdom, right? No. So, Brother Hal, what's up, man? Welcome to the 307 Podcast. Thank you. I was just saying when I got here, last time I was here was with old Kevin. Yeah. Um, so it's been it's, a long time ago. It has been a bit. Yeah. So, always a good time. Good so, time here. how's life going, man? Anything big? Anything big happened or, or coming up? Uh depends on how you define big got a few races coming up okay next year um some distance bike race that i hear about that we're going to do uh will be fun but no i'm nothing too big family's good business is good life is good god continues to teach me lessons nonstop, um which i consider a blessing and i got to run with some elevation today and yesterday so yeah that's always a plus so you're um you've really turned you've really turned a corner on your running man like what has gotten you 
what what has attracted you so much to the ultra running space and particularly the hundred mile distance because you got a few coming up this this coming year and how many have you done you've done two or i want to say there's seven ultras in varying distances nothing short they've been a hundred unless it's mid-state which i can't run fast in this elevation but uh we ran the 40 hour on that course in the tennessee mile and that was a blast what's drawing you to this because you were traditionally a crossfit athlete that's correct um so post once i got into crossfit in about 08 i was telling blake this story yesterday my going through a tough time in life and my buddy drug me to the this crossfit seminar and uh he's like you're gonna work out today are you gonna go to this crossfit seminar i said as long as you don't have to i don't have to work out i'll go he said nope they're just going to tell you all about this thing called crossfit because nobody really knew what it was about back in 08 and uh he took me there and we pulled up and i look outside and i see all these people in these workout clothes i'm like listen he said i want to go have work out today and he said listen you can sit in this truck i'm gonna go in here but when I get back out, I'm going to drag your butt to the world gym and you go work out. So take your pick. So I went in, love what they were talking about. I mean, and back then, like you just didn't, didn't work out like that. It was fascinating. We did a workout that day, which I was telling, I got to show you that picture, Blake. That was three laps around this small, tiny building and 50 sit-ups per round. I look like I'm carrying a medicine ball under my sweatshirt. I mean, it, I thought I was going to die, but I fell in love with CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Did that up until about 2011, 2012, and it, that space started to change more focus on the games um, away from functional part of it and just got burnt out. So I didn't do much, trained on my own at home until ultra running found me in 20, during COVID. Um, bumped out my shoulder. They said something about surgery. I was like, no. So I just kind of sat around. And then it was late August. Um, I said, you know what? I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to go out and try to run a mile. And ran a mile in the neighborhood. About died, I thought. Coughed, wheezed, walked. Sweat. Oh, you know it. That, that's what I, I did that tying my shoes, Chili. So this is August of 2020. August 2020. And then I uh, said, you know what? Next day, I'm going to go out and do it again. And I kept doing that just until I could do a mile again. And I mean, running a mile – I've worked out my entire life, right? I just got to a point where once I hurt my shoulder, I couldn't do anything. Well, and, your typical CrossFitter can't hardly run a mile. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And I have a real good friend who runs distance. And uh, he said, hey, you want to go for a 10-mile run? This is like maybe two weeks into this. And I said, sure, let's go do it. So we did. And I said, this is pretty fun. And he gave me, I always want to say book on tape, but that dates me because nobody <laughs> listens to books on tape. Uh, so he gave me this audio book on Dean Karnazes. I think that's how you pronounce his name, the original ultra marathoner. Kind of like Hal Carmine. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he said, I said, dude, these people run 100 miles in one clip. He goes, yeah. I said, that sounds awesome. Like, let's do it. So he said, let's get a couple more long runs in and see how you do. That was about September, October of twenty. And uh, we signed up for 100. That was that March. So we went from couch. Well, I went from couch to 100 miler and just shy of, or just a little bit over six months. And, and in that, I found more enjoyment than I've ever found in exercising because I can experience life, um, the ups and downs, everything that goes along with it in a condensed format 
join that hundred miles. Mm-hmm. You know, I hear you often say you run 90 miles to run 10 and there's so much truth in that. But for me, that could come in mile one, right? And the next 99 is, is, is ridiculous. And now that I've done a bunch of them, the true joy for me is in the training. When I don't want to get up, when I don't want to do it, when it's 33 and rainy, when I got stuff going on that day, when I'm thinking about pace, when I'm thinking about I got to get back, did I pack my gear right? And that's the good stuff. Because crossing that finish line, I got to be honest, there's not much after that, right? It's almost depressing to finish that 100 for me um, in a weird way. It's not a what's next. Am I going to go run 200? Am I going to run 250? It's not that anymore. It's all the fun stuff is done. The training, that is where I love it. That's where the work gets done. Mm-hmm. And that's where I get better at life. Um, you know, Blake and I were talking about this yesterday on the run that, you know, you, you get in a disagreement with your wife or you overreact with your kids and, and you've got to apologize or you got to reevaluate. Like, it's not a one for one, but, you know, training and doing those hard runs when you don't want to makes it easier to go apologize, to listen to God's word, to be humbled by God mm-hmm. and accept that lesson, um, which I'm a stubborn person. So that breaks me down with that. And that's why I just love ultra running. Mm. You'll hear me say more often than not, I'm not a runner. I'm an old football offensive lineman and that's it. But I do find a little joy out there when I'm the biggest dude lining up and they yeah. think I'm in the crew somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I'll just start clipping them off in the middle of the night. I do like that. So what, what are you? How about six, two, probably six, two, I've shrunk a little bit. Um, I'm but, shrinking too. Yeah. Uh, I'll run. What, what do you weigh? Well now after a week of vacation with Tim yeah, Burtis, yeah. about two and a quarter. Okay. Uh, but not a, not necessarily. A great I, I'm just saying that to let the listeners oh, know, like, yes, Hey, yes, yes. if, if you're six, two, 225 pounds, you can still this running long, a long ways is still an option for you. Hundred percent. Yeah, and I'll run. I'll race about two oh five. Ideally, I should be at one ninety five when I race, but that's tough. Um, there's probably a small part in me that takes a little pride in being a little, a little bigger. But mm-hmm. I can remember back in CrossFit and days they convinced us to go run a five k, and I get passed by <clears throat> some overweight person, which is great. They're out there running. I'm just busting my butt in shape, and they're I'm like, "Man, that stinks." Now I take pride in it. <laughs> not that I'm you know what I mean I'm yeah late. yeah um, but that ultra running and the community I've connected with with that has been great and yeah I mean you can take away the races from me that that doesn't matter it's the training for it that I love logistical part of it but mainly when things start to go wrong out there training when you don't want to man, that's some that's a great growth the race is just a prize I think and the finish line's like that's more for everybody else, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just kind of how I feel about it now. But, but, yeah, we got some good things piled up. I've said yes to some friends who have asked me to run their first race with them, uh, including a bike race. <laughs> a 365-mile mountain bike race? Yeah, so Justin Bloxham <clears throat> from Basic Course Team 7. I have, like, in my phone, if you look at it, about 12 Justins and six of them that I talk to regularly. Two on my basic course. I called Justin JF out in Montana, uh, who was on my basic course when I meant to call Justin Fulcher at 6.30 in the morning two <laughs> weeks ago. Wrong thing. But anyway, uh, Justin Bloxham asked me to run that Beast of the East with him um, for the 50-miler. But Like I told you, I told him, 
We're going to go ahead and sign up for that 100. Yeah, that's a long drive from Delaware to North Carolina for just 50 a, miles. Just around 50. If we get to the yeah. end of 50, we're going to turn around and run it back. And then we have the Hurricane 300. And then the race that I had originally signed up for was Big Al's down at um, John and Becca's place, the mm-hmm. 200 down there. So at Mid-State, you know, you can pull me up on ultra sign-up. I literally cannot make five laps on that. And that's, I'm going to die, right? But we went out and did the 40-hour. That didn't bother me. I mean, it, it, it's hard, but I can manage that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to do a 200. I don't, a couple different reasons, but I figured – why not do it on the course that abs- that course hates me? It laughs at me. So I might as well do it there. That is March 12th. And then I have a real good friend who's been praying about his first 100, signed up finally. And he's like, hey, you promised you'd run it with me. So I said yes. And that one's two weeks after that and down in the Outer Banks. That's 100. Mm. So we're going to go. East of the East is in December. I'm not worried about that. The bike race – I know it's going to be tough, but we do get to sit down. So I'm good with that. Oh, there's going to be (laughs) about that third day rolls around. Right. I'll be feeling you're not going to want to sit down, brother. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you're going to be standing up and pedaling. Well, that's a heck of a schedule, but also that's a really selfless thing to do is go run the, you know, I mean, that's a big deal to run a hundred. I mean, even though you've done a bunch of them and that's a long, that's a big commitment. You know, and I mean, Chad's going to do the same thing and has done the same thing in the past. I mean, that's a, uh, to me, that's a very selfless thing to do. Yeah. The, well, the one with Justin, I'll be fresh in December and trained up. The bike race will be what it is. The 200, I'll gut that. But the 100 after that, that distance doesn't scare me, but I'll have some wear and tear on. Yeah. And I won't be there for that guy. But the thing about pacing um, on a race, I had the opportunity to do that for a lady an incredible story about a year and a half ago. The thing about pacing is you don't have the option to get tired. That's off the table. Like yeah. you can't. Like it's, it's not even uh, your legs. Uh, well, it, no, doesn't happen. Um, so that's the thing there. You just go do it. Um, but they'll be looking to me for experience and what yeah. you yeah. do. So you can't, you can't show it at all. Just like the, the Hennepin run with John and uh, yeah. Pete. So, yeah. But that, I'm, I love that question when people ask, like, how do you do it? I mean, how do you not go run 100, right? Like, I could list out for an hour all the benefits of what that training does for you mentally. Yep. On that. Well, and that, so that was the, the foundation of the whole idea behind a ROP course. I don't know if you know that or not, but no. the rite of passage course that we ran. By the way, I have three spots open for the ROP course July what are the July dates, Blake? I want to tell you it's guys 21 this. 21 to 23. 21 through 23. July 21 through 23, right here in North Georgia with the 307 Project team. We had some last-minute drops on that course. I have three spots open on that July team. Listen, hop on it. If you apply for that course, I'll tell you what. If you're listening to this podcast, the course costs 1400 bucks. Um, if you apply, I will select the applicants in the order the applications come in. In other words, if you're the first, second, or third to apply for one of those three spots, I'll guarantee let you in. How so, do they apply? 
Or how do they you know can how to apply? Send an email to three of seven ROP at gmail.com. That's the number three of the number seven ROP at gmail.com. Tell me who you are, why you want to train. I'll I'll do that. Most of the time we weed through all these applicants and I pick the people, but I'll take the top, the first three that come in if you apply. The whole idea behind that course is because I've said for uh, ever since I ran my first 100 miler, I've always told people like, man, everybody should do this one at least once in their life because it puts you through this full spectrum of of emotions and highs and lows and you have to deal with it, right? You have to you have to deal with it. You have to keep moving. There there always gets to there's always a point in a hundred miler where you don't want to run anymore and you have and you have like 30, 40, maybe even 50 miles left to go. It's long enough, you know, a 50 miler, you hit that point where you don't want to run anymore. And, you know, you may have 10, 10 miles left to go. People, you can grit 10 miles out, right? But for the average runner, you know, not, not the guys, even, even the guys running up front, they even have times where they, they don't want to run anymore, I'm sure. But for your average person, you're going to hit that point where you're like, this isn't fun anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And you've got a long ways left to go. And that's a huge opportunity to grow, to learn things about yourself, to to work through your decision-making process, to bring your flesh into subjection, all these different things, right? So I've always said everybody should run 100 miles, but it is for me, it's never had anything to do with the 100-mile the distance necessarily. It has to do with the time frame. You're on your feet. Pretty much guaranteed if you're an, an average runner, middle of the pack, you're going to be on your feet for at a minimum of 24 hours. And that's about the the, the time frame is what it, it allows you to go through that full spectrum of, of um, growth. And so then, I, you know, I just got to thinking, there's a lot of people, though, that one, they don't believe they could ever cover 100 miles on foot. There are a lot of people who simply don't have the time or the knowledge necessarily at the place they are in life to put in the training that it would take to cover that distance on foot. There are a lot of people with injuries. There are a lot of people with things that, you know, back problems, knee problems, you name it, that maybe maybe they it wouldn't be even healthy for them to attempt to cover that, that amount of distance on foot. So... I said, I want to come up with a training evolution that's going to give anybody, no matter where they are, no matter how, no matter if they're fat and out of shape, if they have prior injuries, if they don't have time to train right now because of the season of life they're in, uh, people who do aspire to run 100 milers, if they want to feel and learn what it feels like and learn what happens through that process, it's for those and I wanted to provide an opportunity for anybody and everybody to come out and experience what I'm talking about. And that's what the ROP course is all about. So we don't cover 100 miles, but we cover that full 24-hour time frame. And, and everybody there gets to go through 
the highs, the lows. They learn how to eat. They learn how to drink. They learn how to communicate with their team. They learn how to take care of themselves. Everybody there gets to the point where they're like, this ain't fun anymore. But holy crap, we got 10 hours left. You know what I mean? And so that's the purpose of of that course, man. But the key word there too is you get to do that with a team. Yeah, yeah, that's that makes it that's it's next level. And and that's you know that part is what allows that course to happen. So the team nature the the team aspect is what allows someone who's three hundred pounds to come out and if they want to complete the ROP course, they're going to complete it because the team is there to help them, right? And it allows everybody to gain the same or everybody to take away or, or be challenged essentially on the same level, right? Because the guys that are strong, they end up having to care, or the girls that are strong, they end up having to carry uh, part of the load of the weaker team members, which brings them up to a point where they're challenged then on the same level as the dude that's, grinding away at 300 pounds and so it just all functions flawlessly i want you to see the course one day hal because another thing about the rock courses and all of our all of our more advanced courses the basic course the proving grounds or whatever we put a lot of responsibility on the student or on the team right mm -hmm. the rock course isn't designed that way the rock course is designed to where we as an we as instructors are the role models, or we're the LPOs. You understand that term. We're the we're the leaders of the team. So we, as instructors, we're watching the team, and we are we are making the calls for them in order to try to maximize the capability of the team. So we're taking our collective knowledge of working with teams over the last three, four years for me, over the last you know fifteen years. We're taking that collective knowledge and we're moving the pieces. They're not having to figure out, oh, should we have done that? They're not waiting or hesitating to make decisions because we're making the decisions for them. And so that's fun for me as an instructor to be in that role. You know what I mean? But it takes all the pressure off of the team to figure these things out and allows them to really push into the, the personal physical aspect of that mission if that makes any i know that makes sense to you 100 percent. i mean i know i'm just I'm not a guest today i'm just sitting in but I, I can't say enough good things to encourage the people watching or listeners or the ones that are on the fence about signing up for anything here listen you are going to make life-changing relationships in this i could spend four hours talking about those and you know you know you know those questions go do it Challenge yourself a little bit. Take that first step. And don't be intimidated. I mean, it is going to do nothing but benefit you exponentially over anything you're going to do out on your own. 100%. Oh, yeah. It's benefited me. It's benefited me tremendously. I mean, I've learned so much from from the people that we've been able to train. And, um, yeah, man, I, you know, I see the main, the big limit. I think the the big things that, limit people from actually coming out and training maybe it is the in, an intimidation part maybe there is that part to it but but i really think 
for me, what I see is people just aren't committed to training. They're just not committed to getting better. They're not, they, they don't, they don't want it, man. They're not committed to it. It's not even that they're intimidated by it because they don't even truly consider it. Like, I don't think that, that you guys, some of you guys listening know this, but I think a large majority of people don't understand that the path to growing or the path to learning new things about yourself, the path to getting better, the path to building relationships with other amazing people, that's, that's not an easy path. And, and it's not a free path. It's, it's not, it's, if you want to walk that path, people don't understand the cost that's involved in that. Like, you have to, you might have to move things around that are on your schedule. Like, you might have to, you might have to make, make some changes. You might have to, look, it's going to cost you something. And people just aren't committed to it, so they're unwilling to pay the cost. And, and a lot of times, it's not even the financial part of it. I mean, a lot of times it is. A lot of times people think, 1400 bucks to come and do this course, well, they think, what, you know, what the heck, man? Well, look, the, the way that we train here at 307 Project, we deal, we deal in the best category. We don't deal in the good category, right? So we we don't we don't deal in the come out, we're gonna put on a halfway experience and and you know, we're we're just we're gonna be there with you, but we're not really gonna pour in, pour ourselves and our resources in. No, we deal in the best category. All right. So that's that's why the training costs what it costs, because it takes a lot to put on a training mission in the best category. It takes a lot of money on our end. It takes a lot of time, planning, prep, everything on our end, right? So a lot of times it is for some people, they can't get over the financial aspect, but I think even more so it's the, it's the, oh, well, you know, I have, I have dinner with so-and-so planned on that weekend or I have a pool party or I have a birthday party or it's a holiday or some freaking bull crap, stupid crap that pe- people just aren't willing to prioritize the right things in their lives. And that's why you stay stuck. That's why you stay stuck, man. And you're not going to have the relationships that can come out of that. No. At the genuine, authentic, when you say, hey, man, I love you, my brother. It's for real. It's it's not just words we throw out there on these teams, yeah. At all, um, and you're not going to get that without a little bit of sacrifice on your schedule. A hundred percent, man. And humbling yourself to come out. You know, one of the things I observe that's uh, I look back on on some of these proving grounds is the ones that struggle the most are kind of have that, but like I'll go and they're in a leadership position and they're not wanting to take it from that 85 percent great leader to a hundred percent. And the way you get that last bit is you got to go through some stuff that's going to humble you and figure out what you're doing wrong. Yeah. And they say have a hard time with that. But when they get over that and, and go through that process, mm-hmm. man, on the other side of that, oh, it's man, awesome to watch. That's so key, dude, because 
you know, I, I saw that in the, in the ROP course, the last one that we ran, the first one we ran in May. Um, so some there, and I've seen this over and over again. There are, there are some students that come out and train with us. And let me tell you, the ROP course is going to humble you. It's going to humble you a hundred percent. I mean, it, it's hard for me to complete that course. Like I got, I got to work. Um, but I see people that come out and train with us, man. And they say they want to go from that 85% to like to their maximum potential, at least at that time and place and season that they are in their life. And, and so they show up, they do the course, but when the course gets to the point that it's, that it's starting to humble them, it doesn't humble them. They just shut down, right? And then afterwards, they won't even acknowledge the fact that they just shut down. Like, that's what the course is meant to do. It's meant to shut you down so that afterwards you can acknowledge the things that you sucked at, the things that you could have done better. But if you go through any of our training missions, if you go through the ROP course and you get to the end of it and you are not humbled enough to look back at that moment where you shut down and you're not humbled enough to say, man, I really freaking sucked toward the end of that thing. Like, you didn't get nothing from it. You just survived it. Yep. You didn't get nothing from it, man. You just survived it. And you know what the awesome thing is, is that when you do accept that and you still have more opportunity to grow because of those relationships on those teams. I have people in my life from that that still hold me accountable to the, to this day. Yeah. I mean, I was with them last week. Bree, she is not bashful about telling me when I'm wrong or not being me and just talking bull crap. You know, I want those people in my life that are going to hold me accountable to what is gets held accountable on these courses. And now I have the opportunity to do it for the rest of my life with that crew. Yep. Come take advantage of that. Yep. Oh yeah. So there's three spots open there. If you guys want it. Um, chill weed. What's on your mind, brother? Mm, not a whole lot. You know, it's usually blank. My mind. So will you let the people know that you're not taking any clients? Is that, right. what, is that what you want me to tell everybody? I mean, just let them, let them know your deal with coaching, man, because everybody wants you as a coach now. You took Blake from uh, dud to stud in, you know, less than a month. And um, every, even though everyone knows your coaching fee is $10,000 a month, right? There, I still get requests to yeah, have well, you. It's 10000 a month, and he's not taking clients. Yeah, <laughs> So let the people know what's the deal. Well, look if if you're actually interested in me coaching you, you may even be somebody that I love, but I'm not a coach. I don't run a coaching service. I don't do it. So I am truly grieved by the fact that somebody that I actually do care about and love would want me to, you know, to help them with their race or something, but I'm not going to do it. I am coach air quotes around coaching. If you want to call it that Blake right now, 
Okay, he's got a race till September. I, I, while that's going on, nobody, my attention will not be diverted anywhere else other than Blake. So, I hate, I hate it, but that's the reality. But except there is one way to get you as a coach. You mentioned it this morning. Well, yes. The only way that I would... Well, it's the only way that I'll coach anybody, period. But... That won't even get them coached right now, will it? Well, actually, yes, it would. Would, okay. It would. I mean, the only way I'll coach anybody, period. Now, I would make a sacrifice if you could do this, just because, even though I am coaching Blake right now, I could extend myself. But the only way to ever get me as a coach is to know the password. So they got to come to you with the password. Yeah. Okay. Do you well, do you enjoy the coaching of Blake? Oh, of Blake, yes, but I would I would never do this as a thing. I I've I've helped people before, one at a time, and it's people that are in my family or that I'm really close to. And you had big they had good success. Good success. So God's blessed you with an incredible talent to coach and develop these programs and people into awesome runners and you don't want to use that gift? Is you know, what I've you're been wondering me? that too, Hal. I've been wondering that too. I'm just checking too. this logic. Thank, not, thank you for calling <laughs> that out, Hal. Yeah, respond to that, Chili. Because I've been wondering the same thing. You know, Chili, it, he 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 has so much knowledge um, in terms of running, everything from the physiology, the diet, the nutrition, the the training, the how the body responds to the, all these different, he has so much knowledge. He, um, he does have this and he has an amazing gift of like just being a coach. The gift part of it is he's, he is truly invested in it. Like I see him working with Blake, like he's truly invested in, in Blake's success. I don't give two craps about Blake's success at, uh, the George Jewel. Chili really wants to see him succeed. I'd probably rather see him not finish the race so I could talk crap to him on the podcast the next week. Uh, so he has a lot of gifts. And I've been wondering the same thing. I'm like, man, you know? Because it's not about running, right? It's about God giving us the opportunity to use our talents like coaching through running to be there when that question gets asked or the Holy Spirit's moving in that person. God uses all things. Well, <laughs> ah, <laughs> him, son. I would say no, because my response is that I've have made the determination that my attention wouldn't be diverted in such a fashion that I would not give everything. If it's say I coached, 10 people. Say I coach two people at once. I wouldn't give each of them all that I could. So every time I've ever worked with somebody, it's the only person I was trying to help at that time. Same thing with Blake right now. I don't want to like divert my attention off of what Blake's doing. And, and I mean, you may go, well, wow, you're that weak that you can't help two people at once. Buddy, I would no. never call you that. No. <laughs> Or, or 10 people at once. Man. And that's a fine criticism. I'm not disputing that criticism. No, no. That's that's I'm, that's not what I'm saying. What but, I'm, but I'm just saying that that's how I'm handling it. I don't want to 
you know, I'm like you said, I'm fully invested in Blake's success here, so I'm, that's just what I'm going to do. Any criticism, well, I'm not even refuting it. There's no criticism. I just, I want you to have your eyes open that if God is opening in a door or giving you opportunity, that we're aware of it. That's all. Whether it's now or 10 years down the road. And it, you're an amazing, talented human being, Chili. Especially Ooh, when it comes to the about that. And whatever the pathway that God's going to provide in your life and what he's providing now in 3 of 7 and, and all the relationships that you have. I watch, I've, I've observed you for a while now. Not observed, but I've been around you enough in a coaching perspective to watch how you are with people and the gift that God's given you in coaching and teaching a point um, to convey running. Coaching running is just the pathway for that, right? It, you can <clears throat> sub in anything. Sure. But God has blessed you with that. And don't close that off totally. I'm not saying, hey, you can't handle two. What I'm saying is 10 years down the road, something may pop up. It's like, you know what? That is what God's trying to tell me. This is an intervention. Well, Much I'll say Much since, um, you know, since Chad's in better shape than you've ever been, Chili, right, you, you know, Do you right believe now, that, Blake? And he's in better shape than me. I wonder why he doesn't coach some people since he knows how to get in such good shape. I, I mean, do, just, they I, just do what he needs. Just dude, do what he does. Exactly. I, you know? co- I do coach people. No, 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 no. One-on-one running coaching like you're getting you on coaching? me. No, no. I, dude, I write... I, I write things through through my post, through Patreon. No, we're no. talking about one on one. We're talking about we're talking about exactly what you're asking your, me to do. So I don't have thoughts. the same gifts that Chili has. I do coach people within the realm of my specific gift, right? So don't pull that crap on yeah, me, son. I'm just saying, if you're in such good shape, surely you could help someone get in shape. I'm in good shape because I'm piggybacking off of these workouts that he's given you. I don't let you don't ever run with me. That's not true. Yeah, I do. We've been running together a couple times a week, and I'm always asking you what you're doing. You know, is that why so, you dogged it this morning? Yeah, yeah. I'm in good shape because I'm picking off piggybacking off these dang workouts. Chili's giving you, man. You're not in good shape, so. Oh, okay. That's why I destroy you guys. He but, wanted to run a couple of those hills with the with the Delawarean there. So he held back maybe a little de- bit. Destro- destroyed us. I'm not gonna get we're not gonna get into this. I could have ran faster than you guys today with a thirty five pound rucksack. You don't on. think me and Blake could have ran faster if we just didn't give a crap about what the workout was designed to do and then just did whatever we want to do? No, I'm sure you could have, but look, I wasn't even trying. That's the thing. I wasn't even trying. So it, yeah, that's the point I'm trying to make here. Um, but nonetheless, you, you don't, you, you know, you don't have to be in better shape than me to be a better running coach oh, than me. Anyway, right. thank you for those words, Hal. And, uh, I definitely have not said that I would never, like you said, even if it was down the road or whatever, I've never shut that off completely. I just, uh, Chili, we just all love you, man. <laughs> the the, the honest truth want is more of you, man. right now though, that I would just like to give everything I have to Blake and that's just to September so you know well then I'm next not anymore I put, <laughs> what's the crap dude he's making enemies with the wrong people I put in my that's re- been a quote I've said about four times today you've made enemies with the wrong one bub I put in my official request last week well I reneged passwords changed will you coach me for this bike race <laughs> <laughs> I won't coach anybody for a bike race <laughs> I refuse that. Well, this is all good conversation because this, 
this kind of leads me in, well, I guess there were certain points of this conversation that lead me into what I wanted to talk about on today's show or the main topic. <laughs> an hour in, man. All right. Uh, first, I wanted to let you guys know, though, that our partner, Barbell, still has, at this time, the special one-mile-out lineup of clothing that they produced just for us, 307 Project uh, listeners, viewers, and for us personally. Um, the Phantom Shorts, they've got the joggers, they've got basically everything we used at Cocodona, and uh, they've got the one-mile-out branding on them. They look awesome, man. I, and I absolutely love this T-shirt they designed, the Steady T-shirt. Man, it's awesome. They took that photo from Drake and basically did the outline. So Yeah, that looks really good. So they've got this whole lineup now available for pre-order. It's really awesome. If you guys watched the One Mile Out documentary on YouTube, know that that would not have been possible without our partner, Barbell. They they made that whole thing happen, all right? Uh, them and Hoist. So that piece of content wouldn't be possible. If you got anything out of that, if you learned something from it, if you enjoyed it, if, uh, if, if you took any value from it, it would be really cool if you supported Barbell because they're the, they're the whole reason it's there. We could, we could not, we would not have made that level of investment for that project without them. We wouldn't have been able to ourselves. So, um, not only do they have awesome products, they're awesome people, uh, and they're partners here. They help, they help bring all of this to life and provide us with, uh, with the freedom to, to do a lot of the things that we do. Right. So that's why partnerships are important. And that's why it's important. If you guys get anything out of this to support these companies and enjoy their products because they work. I promise you. Check them out. They're at uh, barbellapparel.com. I will put a link in the show notes of this episode to the specific page where you can go and pre-order the One Mile Out Barbell Apparel. I'm looking forward to getting mine here soon. So that'll be in the show notes here. I wanted to give that a shout out while it's still available for pre-order. You know, it's... I just wanted to talk over kind of what something that the Lord has been revealing to me, I think really been a, a, probably about a, over the last two years. And it'll, I think it will probably be a continuous process. Um, and it's just really, really prevalent now for me in my thoughts and in my, when I'm reading scripture uh, when I'm writing my my things on Patreon, and that is really coming to the realization of how foolish and inadequate I am. Like, really coming to terms with that, and um, and real, I guess, just realizing it, right? 
And so I've been writing a lot on Patreon about this journey for me. And I, I know for a fact a certain percentage of the people who are reading these things that I'm writing are perceiving it as negative. And I see why. I see, I mean, I'll read you just a, a short snippet of the one that I, that I, th this sounds really negative. Well, they're perceiving what is negative that, that you're, you're these realizations I'm having your inadequacy. Yes. So the last, the last one I made, I write, I, when I read my Bible in the morning, I go and write about what I took away from my reading, um, here on Patreon. And, and this one is titled inadequate. And it, and it starts with saying, I have felt inadequate to fulfill any calling God has placed on me throughout my entire life. Nothing Jesus has led me into has ever felt easy or came naturally. I never felt competent enough to be a Navy SEAL. Never. Not a single day in my entire career. And I go on to say, I don't even feel qualified to even be writing this message, these messages to you here on Patreon. Like, I don't feel... Me, Chad, I don't feel qualified. Like deep thinking and 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 I can that comes slow and hard to me. I can barely spell. Like I can point out so many things about me and how inadequate I am, but I'm still able to do it. But it's painful. It's speaking is a big one. I, I remember we did a speaking engagement a few years ago. And um, I had this whole speech planned out, right? I, I was, man, I was going to go in. I was just going to knock these people's socks off with, I was about to just bring it, man. You know, they were going to be on their feet, standing ovation, right? It's all this elevating myself, my ability. I've got this. I've got the message that, that they need. I know how to give it to them. I'm a professional. I got this, right? And it was a freaking flop, like worst speech I've ever gave in my life. And so when I write these things about myself and I got this particular one was coming from first Corinthians chapter one, where scripture talks about, um, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Uh, God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty the base things of the world, which are despised, God has chosen. And I look at, man, I, I can look at myself in so many, so many aspects of my life, and I can say, how have I gotten to the point that we are here on the podcast where we, we're reaching tens of thousands of people how do I have a social media following that has, you know, hundreds of thousands of people? How do I, like, what the, I should be, like, the one that's despised. Like, I'm a fool. Like, I can point to so many things about myself, so many decisions I've made, so many mistakes that I've made in my career as a SEAL, as a husband, as a business owner. It's just despicable, man. What the crap am I doing here? And people, 
I think rightfully so, perceive these revelations about myself as a negative thing. And I'm like, no, you don't get it. It's a blessing. Like, these are the most profound, freeing, um, encouraging revelations about myself that I've maybe ever had. It's changing everything about the way I look at what I'm doing, the way I look at how how we're how we're operating. Like it's taking, it's removing the acknowledgement of my own inadequacy, my own foolishness, my own despicable actions, like acknowledging those at the same time acknowledging the sufficiency of of Christ like it takes so much it takes this massive weight off of me like man I don't okay I don't have to be ashamed anymore I don't have to have all I don't have all the answers I've made I, I I'm going to make bad decisions like this is such an amazing thing that Christ is just working out in my heart that I think is perceived by so many as something that's negative. And um, I just thought maybe you could relate relate to this, Chili. Maybe you could, Hal, um, and get y'all's comments on it, man, because it's it's not a negative thing for me personally. It's a total mindset shift for me. No, I mean, I don't view it as all as negative as all, at at all. Um, you know, I, I, the words that come into my mind when I hear that are what a blessing that God loves us that much to continually remind us we are inadequate without him. Mm-hmm. Right. It, all of this isn't because of us. It's because of him working through us and being humbled by the Holy Spirit is one of the biggest blessings. I mean, I look at my life. And think, okay, here's some success here, some success here, here's some success here. Here's where God just got tired of tapping me on the shoulder, and he had to hit me in the face with a ton of bricks. And that's where I find, I want to mess up, but the joy from the Holy Spirit in that correction, and that humbleness of, and I really don't know much. Like, I just got to get out of the way and let God work, because it's not about me. I feel so much peace and contentment in that. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I forget that piece of it, that part of it, and start trying to do it on my own, the stress level just goes up, 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 up. And it usually is not going to work out the way that, even if it's a success, I will look back upon that and go, show me where you let the Holy Spirit lead in that. Because it wasn't anywhere, and I'll feel like crap from it. Mm -hmm. So I hear those words, and I see that post, and I look at that as, and I understand that, and that is just a blessing. And because I don't have to shoulder it all there, continue to guide me, God. And that doesn't mean I'm perfect. Boy, he sometimes has got to teach me that lesson by the day or by the hour to sit back and say, I'm a fool. You know, I'm the least of thee on that. So, yeah, I hear you loud and clear on that. What do you think, Chill? Well, I... I just don't understand in general 
in my experience, the viewing of things in terms of positive or negative, that's always what's confusing to me. I mean, if someone, I guess you said somebody perceived that as, or, or multiple people perceived that as negative. I mean, I, I don't understand that in general. I, a lot of things that I say, I think, get perceived as like negative or people say I'm negative about myself or whatever, but I don't view things in those terms. I mean, I, I suppose I have a level of understanding of what is meant by positive and negative, but in this context, it's just, it's reality and then not reality. And the reality is, is you are a fool. I am too. Now, how much of, are you a fool compared to whoever, you know, I don't know, but the point is, is you are one. You may be less of a fool than a lot of people, but you're still a fool. And so am I. And so is Hal and so is Blake. And that's just the reality of it. I mean, I don't view that statement as a positive or a negative. It just is mm. true. And then what you do with that, that matters. But the whole positive or negative thing is just a confusing way of thinking to me. I don't view anything in those terms. So, Well, I think, I think a lot of the confusion around it was, um, you know, a lot of things that I, I've talked about in the past have been obviously revolving around the power of the spoken word and speaking positive things about yourself and speaking positive things well, about your ability. Positive things that are true. Okay, yeah, so... And th and so that's the thing, man. Like even in this mindset, here here's where I've been off in the past, speaking about the power of the spoken word and acknowledging the good things about myself. Right there, even even in this, as my mindset is changing, like there is there is now still infinite room for me to speak positivity about myself. The difference now is acknowledging the source of my strength, acknowledging the source of any wisdom that I might have. In other words, where I've been off is if you're feeling like, you know, crap, and you want to speak something positive, or I want to speak something positive about myself, instead of saying, I am strong, which would be an untrue statement, the the word would be, I am strong in Christ, right? Or instead of saying, I am wise, which is an untrue statement, it would be saying, I am wise in Christ or because of Christ. It's acknowledging the source of the good things that Christ has given you access to, but not that you possess in and of yourself. The reason that people take this differently is because the world beats most people down, and most people don't ever think they're capable in the first place. So for you to have this realization, they're like, but why is he also beating himself down and calling himself a fool? And I think fool is the wrong word, too, because it, in the Bible it says a fool despises wisdom. 
And so you don't despise wisdom. I think Chile said inadequacy. That's probably the best word, that you're mm-hmm. incapable. So I think saying you're a fool, you know, you have your own definition. But if we're basing things off of the Bible, you don't despise wisdom. And so that's what the Bible calls a fool. So I think, you know, that wording uh, is a little bit different. But if you said, hey, I'm incapable, but because of Christ, I am capable. So mm-hmm. on my own, I'm not capable but with the power of God, I am capable. I think people wouldn't see that as negative because it's just the wording. It's just how you talk, and then people perceive that as negative. So I, I think I think that's what it boils down to is the wording is why people are taking it that way. But I would tell you to look at what the Bible says a fool is and th- see if you actually are a fool. And if you're not, then just use different words. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, that's good. I mean, that's good stuff. But and you and you're uh, you said at the beginning of the podcast that you're so strong and all this stuff, and you're kind of talking about it. So I mean, I don't know, but well, that was just all to piss you guys off. Oh, so okay. yeah, you know, the enemy's good um, at a lot of things in that juxtaposition that you feel in that um, in the lens upon what you see it is is different from somebody. So they see that as negative, but the enemy. You, is good at using unique tools to each person to get them off track, right? So when you recognize that, hey, I'm a fool unless I have Christ, and you say those things, the enemy hates that because you're saying it from a viewpoint that I need Christ, right? For me, a big tool, the enemy, give me a piece of praise. I got to be very careful, very careful, because I start believing it's me, Yeah. right? On somebody else, the enemy could do that all day. It doesn't matter. Right. So he uses different things on on people to just get that little crack that's in there and wiggle his way in and go to work. So just like that comment where they would view that as negative, that's just the enemy working on them and their viewpoint of that, how they receive that. You know, that's it, I, I think, from it. Well, and it's kind of like we talked about on Resurrected the other night, is that the truth is that your righteousness is as filthy rags. You, you're not capable. But the, the other truth is also that God you're fearfully and wonderfully made and he knows every hair on your head. And so God cares a lot about you, but you're not capable. And so some people need to hear, you know, some people lean toward the side of pride and some people lean toward the side of cowardice and certain things are going to build them up. And what builds Chad up actually is tearing him down and saying, Hey man, you're, you're an idiot. You're not capable. You can't do any of this stuff, but other people need to hear, Hey, yeah, that's true for you. But with, I mean, they need to hear the same message, but in different ways, you know? And so I think so many more people are just have that cowardice, like, I'm just going to sit, you know, apathy, basically. Like, they're not going to do much. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. don't think they can do much. And and so to hear e- this even piece, Even that, with Christ, they don't think they yeah, can do much. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So for them to hear you say this, they're like... I don't what yeah this is crazy like it, it goes so against everything that we're that we're taught in in mm-hmm. in the world it this this thing that is just like inundating my thoughts and my study and the, you guys don't understand the depth that this is shifting my own mindset um you don't understand it. Like, I can't portray it to you. I mean, it's shifting my mindset to the point that when we were having that, 
when we were doing that speaking engagement the other day, I don't know if you guys picked it out or not, but I told those people, I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm a teacher. And I literally thought, that's not true about me. And I said, no, you know what? I'm not even a teacher. I'm a fool without Christ. Or I'm a fool that knows Christ now, right? And that's what's enabling me to be here and talk talk to you guys about maybe something that's meaningful. But it just, it's so it's the antithesis of everything. You just gotta recognize that we're being taught where your giftings and and your power comes from. That's it. Because to say you're a, a teacher is not wrong. That's not wrong to say that God created you as a teacher. Teaching is your talent. That's the key portion, though. Yeah, but you is are it, a teacher. It, it, but it's not. It. It's to me. It's becoming so. I guess. It's weighing on my heart so much to start to acknowledge the source. Yeah. Like, if you don't acknowledge the source, it is untrue. Yeah. Because me, apart from Christ, is not a teacher. Mm -hmm. Me, apart from Christ, is not wise. Me, apart from Christ, is a fool. Me, apart from Christ, does despise wisdom. Yeah. That's the dynamic that you, you, you... you can't leave that. You can't say those things about yourself and they be true without the acknowledgement of the source. You just can't. That's the key to remember. When you have when you have those thoughts, you say it's been weighing on you for two years or it's starting to develop, you know, that it's almost in the worldly sense, it's contradictory, like you said, to the spoken word, right? Where if we, we it's so important in, in, in whatever it is that we do. When that you feel that governor coming on, that hey, I'm a fool. I've got to humble myself. What what's the source of that governor? Is it the Holy Spirit, or is it the enemy tricking you into mm-hmm. that spot? Mm-hmm. And that's hard. And that's why we need Jesus. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and that the Holy Spirit is just is perfect in every sense in that, and Dude. that's us being open to it. And it's key to it's key to identify that what is the source of that governor, and like for me, the source is clear because. I see, I, I'm the only one that can, I'm the only one in my head, right? So like. <laughs> How do you explain that to the world? Yeah. The, see things through different lenses. The, yeah, the, the source is so clear for me as I'm realizing these things about who I am apart from Christ and then who I am with Christ. Like I know what, where this, who's governing me back and, and teaching me these things and and maybe making me conscious of the fact that Maybe I need to acknowledge the source of all good things in my life and and be very adamant about acknowledging the source of all good things in my life in terms of ability, wisdom, uh, gifts, whatever it is, instead of just flippantly talking about these things as if it's something that I possess and have always possessed. You know what I'm saying? I do, but here's a here's an awesome thing about because we're all A-types, right? We'll take that and run with it. And let us stress us out a little bit of how we deal with that. Even if we do it wrong, God still uses it. So there's no stress yeah. on it, right? Even if we mess that up, which we will, right? You view that negative comment as you didn't do it. 
I'm speaking through you and this may not be right, but if I view that negative comment and I'm in your shoes, I look at that and say, okay, I didn't explain this well enough. So what I do wrong? How would I reevaluate that and explain that so they can see what I'm saying and feeling? I'm going to mess that up a thousand times, but God can still use that. And that is just a freeing, freeing thing that Christ gives us with that. So I, I, I just want to say that to encourage you. Use that. Guess what? You're going to get it wrong sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People got to understand too. I mean, even every, not everything that you experience or every interaction you have with God, even if it's for you, it's not for everyone else to know and understand. So if they read it and they think, Oh, I don't really get where he's coming from, then fine, move on. Like it, not everything that God does t- in your personal life with him is for everybody else. And the same with me. I don't, I'm not saying we shouldn't share it all because people can glean from it, but some stuff other people just ain't going to get. They're not all going to get something out of it. It'll be up to the Holy Spirit to lead them in that. And so uh, if it's they get it as negative, well, I guess you clearly didn't get what I was putting down there. Maybe it wasn't for you, you know? I'd love that blessing to be able to carry on like that. I hear a comment like that with your guys reach, I'd be up for three to straight days. <laughs> like, how could I do it my own? But yeah. Yeah. I well, say that tongue in cheek, but you know, we're all built different. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, I, I think, you know, Patreon is a place where for me, Patreon is a healthy place to pay a little more attention to yep. comments. You know what I mean? Because right. people on Patreon are, you know, we, we can talk on Patreon about deeper things because it's a different it's a it's a different um the people who there want to be there yeah they want it they they want to be there that's exactly right yeah that's that's what's different so you know that that's why i wanted to to talk about that or or address that specific because i think on that platform it, it that's one thing i love about that platform is it allows us to talk about deeper things that we're going through and and uh, even on resurrected and stuff, and actually pay attention to the collective opinion or the collective questioning or comments about it. That's the beautiful thing about that kind of platform there. But um, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a, it's, it's becoming a key thing that I'm just working through and going through right now, and. I just wanted to share that with y'all because I I think it's key too because it goes back. You guys know so much of our conversation over the last few weeks has revolved around how Christ reveals himself to you through your realization of your own inadequacy. And so I think it's a worthy subject to discuss because I think it's a key element of the gospel of knowing Christ, right? And it may not like Blake said, it may not look the same. The process may not look the same for you, but there eventually has to come a point for you where you do realize your own inadequacy and but then you you realize the the unfathomable eternal source that Christ and the Holy Spirit provides to you if you choose to partake in that right and accept christ so it's it's an essential aspect that's why i wanted to discuss it on here and it's a deeper conversation man for you guys that are are not you know it's you know it's unbelievable to me man 
how many Christians don't know basically any scripture? Like how many Christians don't know what the Bible says? I I so I think when I'm talking to someone that professes to be a Christian, especially someone who professes to have been a Christian for the majority of their life, I just assume they know especially key elements of Scripture. I just assume they know it. They don't know it. I, I sent a guy I sent a guy a good friend of mine the other day. I sent him a key he asked me like what's the what is the scripture that you think most about when you're out running these long crazy races? It's like a key piece of scripture for me. I sent it to this guy. He said I'd never even heard that before. I'm like what the crap, man? The New Testament's not that big. There's not that, it's not that much. You should know generally most of what's in there. They don't know it. I just assume they know it. So I think a lot of times when we're having these deeper conversations around, especially that we've been having here lately, the, the podcast we did on sound doctrine and, and, and this conversation, I think I make too many assumptions that we can have these conversations and maybe listeners haven't in their own mind the full context of Scripture, and that's not the case. I've talked a lot here, so I don't want to monopolize. No, that's the point of a podcast. Chili's already quit, so (laughs) take up your uh, mantle. Right now he's doing his business plan on coaching. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And why is that? you know, I, for only seven miles yesterday, we talked about a lot. We did. Um, there's a video going around right now on social media and, and online and stuff, and, it, and it's just a great sermon. And, and it has two audiences, and Christians can get caught in the trap of being in the wrong audience when they receive that. And that's where the guy's saying, explain your theology to me as it relates to the thief on the cross. He didn't get baptized. He didn't go to church every Sunday. He didn't do all our Christian things. He didn't read his Bible, yet Jesus saved him. The first audience that's reaching is the people that don't know the gospel. The second audience is us, because I see that video as a believer and go, man, I feel bad for him because he didn't get to experience what the Holy Spirit's like for all his life. He got 30 seconds of it. That's it. And I feel that's how that's what God is, is trying to say to us is that, yes, this is how you were saved. And you don't do this stuff like read your Bible and scripture out of obligation. You do it out of love yeah. of Christ. There's nothing else I would rather read. And it's a gift. And that video, and so the, to answer your question is, there's believers out there that say, well, the thief on the cross, he didn't do anything. I'm saved. I'm good. And I look at that and go, well, don't waste your life, right? God has purpose for you. God wants to use you. He wants you to experience all his vast richness and peace and joy. You're not always going to get it right. I screw it up all the time. But 
I think that answers the question is, is even as Christians and believers, we get into this worldly thing of put me with the world and I'll behave just like it in whatever it is, you know, and if we get caught in that trap or some Christians get caught in that trap, that's, that's why they don't know scripture or, and it's not us saying, Hey, you don't know scripture. You're not a good Christian. It's, Hey, we want to grab you and say, there's so much more. For yeah. You. Why would you not? There is so much more. Um, and, and, and that's how I would answer that question. Hopefully that made sense. Um, that makes total sense to, to me. You. So, and, and again, I don't say that from some pedestal. I say it from experience. You know, let me get caught up in the worldly things of an old life as a believer. It's zero fun. It's negative fun. And I'm so thankful for that. Like that God makes it that way. And that's what I would say to, to that person, you know, not like, listen, I got some awesome things that you can experience here with this. God wants this for you. Don't rest on your laurels and say, I'm saved. I'm good. I'll check out now and go wherever. It's not, it's not what God intends for us. And we do all of that out of love, not obligation because anything out of obligation you will eventually fail in, Amen. especially as it, as it relates to Christ. Yeah. What do you think the reason is, Chill? The reason that Christians don't know Scripture? Yeah. I think, I don't know how you could answer. Well, I, <laughs> the reason that Christians don't know Scripture, I, I don't. Well, would clearly, you, would you agree with what I say? With what I with, with what I said, I make the assumption that when we're having deep conversations, I assume too much that people have the context that is needed in order to understand the depth of the conversation. Well, okay, when you say people don't have it, you mean Christians? Uh, I guess that's true. I mean, I I don't know. Like, you don't know where everybody's. You have to talk to everybody. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, yeah. I, and, you know, you even used air quotes around the word Christian earlier, which I assume that meant people that claim to be Christians. So that's, this is an assumption, but that's kind of like leaving the door open for people who call themselves Christians but aren't, which if that's the case, then, you know, like they don't actually believe what they say they believe. Well, then that wouldn't spur them on to I don't I don't know how you could believe like truly believe the gospel I don't know how you could truly believe that and not react to that well and it not transform well, that's what I was gathering that you were saying but yeah, there's also that, the reverse of that of like could you especially you referenced the thief on the cross well he was looking at Jesus right in that picture but if if you don't if if you didn't have that opportunity then is there a way to know Christ without reading about without no hearing the gospel and knowing the gospel and then looking into it more and continuing to I, I mean I guess there is like do you understand what I'm saying yeah yeah like, no I get what you're saying yeah I don't know the answer to all this, man. Like, I think is it over people's heads because they don't have the content? I don't know. I think if if they if the point is is if you haven't studied and and read, then then yes, it is. I mean, if you have, it shouldn't be right. 
and and I apparently a lot of people haven't. <laughs> I mean, that does seem to be the case. Now, what what they actually believe and where they actually are, I don't know. But yeah, I think it's true that a lot of people don't know scripture hardly at all. Well, and people will read. Uh, they'll read the the little scripture on their Bible app, or they might just. It doesn't their, work. Open open their book up and read one verse, and so they don't gain context, and and they think that every verse in the Bible is talking about them, you know, like and so yeah, or it can it, be standalone, yeah, yeah. So it's I've said before, the Bible's not just a grab bag of verses that you can reach in and pull out anyone you want, and and without context of what it is, and so you know. People are reading that as maybe checking it off the box. Maybe they're not committing it to memory. Maybe they're not, well, definitely they're not getting context of it if they're just reading off of their app, you know, the single little devotional with no background of who wrote it, who they wrote it to, what was going on in the, you know, the church, if it was one of, uh, you know, the letters to the churches, what was going on at the church, the timeline of it, uh, any of that stuff. So all of that stuff matters about what it says. Isn't that fascinating? The context of everything that draws me to a lot of of that. Yeah, I I'm mean, a I note taker when it comes to that. Stuff. Yeah. Well, when I when and actually when I reference knowing scripture, that's a more along the lines of what I'm talking about. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What is that one not taken out of context? I mean, people use that to say. I can go do any hard challenge that I want to do, and I can put myself in any situation, and I can do it through Christ that strengthens me. But if you read the background of it, the the history, Paul's saying, I've been put through all this crap, and the only reason I came out on the other side is because Christ who strengthened me to get through it. Not, you know, and people want to apply that to... I mean, maybe they might want to apply it to a 100-mile race and say, I can do that 100-mile race through Christ through strength. Well, maybe, I mean, that is true. You you do get strength from Christ, but that's not what the verse is talking But That's not what Paul's talking about. He's saying, I've shipwrecked, snake-bitten, serving God all this way, and all Stone. this bad stuff happened to me, and the only way I made it out on the other side was because Christ strengthened me to get through what he called me to. Yeah. Yeah, I think Chili asked a really uh, key question too, man. When he was, he asked, "Is there a way to know the gospel and like not and, and be saved and not want to want more of of what Scripture has for you, what God has for you, what the Holy Spirit has for you? Like, is there? That's a key question, man." Because it, I don't know that I don't know that we have the answer to that question, but it's a great question, actually. I love it, dude. I really do, because it it just it it resonates so well with me, because that's the part I struggle with when I'm talking to someone who says they are saved by the gospel, by 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 Christ, right? They say they're saved, but they don't know anything. They don't they don't know any any doctrine. They don't know the blueprint. They don't know the context of God's very word. They don't know any of it. And I I am so 
I just don't see how that's a possibility. I'm not saying that it is not a possibility, like Chili said a minute ago, but I don't see how it's a possibility to truly grasp <coughs> the gospel <coughs> and to receive the Holy Spirit and not want everything you can possibly <coughs> so what's our put word? your hands on. What's our, okay. I was going to, you know, we talked about the word Christian earlier and I was reading the other day and apparently the word Christian actually started as like a um, like a derogatory term that people would use for followers of Christ. And so In they, Antioch, right? Yeah, and so they were they were labeled that because of their actions. It wasn't like, hey, we're going to call ourselves Christians. They were living in a way that people said, oh, they're following Jesus. Look at those Christians. Like, you know, what people might would say today, look at those Jesus freaks or whatever. Like, they're living in an exaggeratory manner that resembles Christ. So you think about the word Christian in that manner, and you say, well, am I a Christian? You know, is is the life you're living so different or from everything else and so much like Jesus that someone would say, yep, that." That's a look at that Christian over there, you know, with a little bit of an attitude in the back tone. That's how it started. So when, you know, nowadays you ask someone, "Are you a Christian?" They almost think like, "Do you know about the idea of Jesus?" And and if they if they do, then they're like, "Yeah, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. I know about Jesus." And they carry on. You know, if you were to go downtown Rome and poll people, I, I bet ninety percent would say, "Yeah, I'm Christian." And who knows? I mean, we can't judge their salvation, but their life would likely reflect otherwise if you could look into what they do day to day. That's an amazing point, Blake. In that, um, so then what would be, what's our role in that? What's our way to encourage others to get in the word? And what's the way to encourage each of us to do so? Well, I think you, you got at the root you you got at a big part of it um, earlier when you were ex- basically expounding or explaining as if you were talking to someone who n- knows the gospel or claims another gospel but doesn't know anything any anything else like explaining to them hey man like don't waste your life God has and it sounds so corny, but there is so much for you in God's word. There is so much sustainment and fulfillment. There's so much practical, literal things about how you can live your life, how you can work, how you can run a business, how you can run your family, how you can raise your kids, how you can interact with people there's so much there and without it you are ineffective and that but that can become selfish because that sounds you know people may hear that and say oh well let me go check this out so i can live a better life for myself and that's the point that it's wrong you know it well yeah it's so that you can be closer to god that's i mean really the only reason you should read the bible and anything else good that happens to your life is just a you know a byproduct of you doing that and Somebody made a, or asked a made a comment on here. 
This is uh, Alex Ashworth. He said, you can perform miracles and recite the whole Bible, but that doesn't mean your soul is secure. And so I don't want people to take this wrong. Now we're talking about, hey, a Christian may not, or you know, someone who claims to follow Jesus may not um, know much about the Bible. We're by no means saying that is what saves you, that's what secures your salvation. We're just saying that is, if you're going to claim Christianity, that is your duty to seek out it, what God's left for us, and it's <laughs> for me. It's for me though. It doesn't even it like for me personally. It doesn't even have anything to do with my my duty. It is the fact that there's nothing else I would rather yeah. find out about. I yeah. guess you're maybe asking the question of why would you not have that desire. I don't understand yeah. that. I don't understand that. That's the part I don't understand, Chili. Yeah, I, because I, I just don't get it, man. There, there's probably a bunch of superficial answers to that. Like some people don't want to be convicted of that. Like we talked about earlier, they don't want to go from the eighty-five percent to one hundred percent. They don't want to hear the Holy Spirit or feel it convict the things that they're doing in their lives. So that's part of it, but. <laughs> I think that I, I I think you're you're right. I mean, that could be. It brings me something that I was listening to earlier today about the. Um, so, have you guys ever heard of the SBC, the Southern Baptist Convention? Yeah. Okay. The SBC has <clears throat> basically came out, and they are ordaining female pastors. It's part now of of their what they allow to happen within. The church, you may have heard about this, Chili, but um, I've had a lot of people message me and say, what do you think about females leading in the church? What do you think about female pastors? I'm like, the, the God's word is not arbitrary on that subject. Why are you asking me that? You're asking me that because what God, either you don't know what is in God's word or you went and looked at it, and you didn't like what it said. So now you want to come and ask me, so that hopefully I'll give you an opinion that's going to line up more with what you want to hear and what and the way you want to believe. And then you're going to go with that. There's a lot, but there's so many things in the Bible that's like, man, it. There's things in the Bible that rub me the wrong way. It is what it is, man. And I think a lot of people don't want to see that. Like it's like how how could an how first of all, the church belongs, the church of Christ belongs to Christ. It don't belong to the Southern Baptist Convention. It would you agree with that? It, the church of Christ belongs to Christ. Yeah. So 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 how how could you as a as an organization on that level with that many people, how could you make a decision that's directly contradicts what God's word says? It's because you it's not because those people those people know what God's word says, but it's rubbing up against what the world says, it's rubbing up against what they want to feel, it's rubbing up against the decision they want to make. That's probably a big reason people don't go read the Bible. There's so many things are going to rub up against 
the easy way, right? What do you got to say, Chili? You'd have been over there smiling when I mentioned the SBC, man. Well, I was just laughing. I thought you were going to go on a rant. I ain't got nothing to say. It wasn't a terrible rant, but I mean, <laughs> it, it was in context of what the statement Hal made, I think. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, dude, like what you said is you can't uh, just make things what you want them to be. Like, like they asked you that because, I mean, you, you're exactly right on why they asked you that. They either don't know it or they didn't like what they read. I mean, that's that's exactly why they ask you that. But, you know, conventions like the Southern Baptist Convention, that's just a group of of old men that have got together and and decided what something's going to be concerning the Bible or what a piece of doctrine is going to be or what the new way forward is going to be or what even the books of the Bible are going to be. That's That's gone on since... 300 AD. Do you know the guy that leads? Do you know who's in charge of the SBC? Do you know his name? I don't. I forgot his name, but he basically made a statement on this. That's inconsequential to me. On this, is, whole, um, this whole issue of ordaining female pastors. He made a statement to everybody who is a member of the SBC. He said, stand with me on this issue. <laughs> How can you make a... How can you make a statement like that? I'd be scared. Stand <laughs> with me on this issue. Don't stand with what the word of God says. Stand with me on this issue. Right? Bible boy, it's outdated. Do you think God has a sense of humor sometimes and he just sits up there and be like, hey, like we went through this. Jesus came. Because y'all were making up all these rules and we couldn't follow them and mankind's not good. And here we did this and now we're squabbling about this. I gave you everything in that scripture. Yeah. I don't mean to make light of God, but I got to think as a father, sometimes he just sits back and goes, what are y'all doing? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Mankind, we can screw up anything. Anything out there. Well, I think I think you know, like you said, you could come up with many different reasons why people might even have the desire to go and and seek God in Scripture, but they choose not to. I think one of the the one you brought up that one exactly, not wanting to actually know, because people love to remain willfully ignorant. Uh, people intentionally remain willfully ignorant. And that's, you know, that's the path many people choose. Because if you're ignorant, well, there's no accountability. And there's less chance of anything that's going to rub up against the way that you feel or cause any tension with you and anybody else in society. Well, I think there may be accountability if you're willfully ignorant. That's negligence. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, you know, with with the uh, advent of the internet and the ability to access infinite, essentially, information, we choose to be willfully ignorant of a lot of things because we essentially have the access to all kinds of information at our fingertips, but we choose to remain willfully ignorant of a lot of it. But it just, to me, it just comes back to, like, why do you not have that? 
desire to yeah. seek more and that's what more. it comes to for me too yeah yeah and we want to be prepared <clears throat> right to get to god will drop different people in our lives from different backgrounds different situations different life experiences we should have that desire to be prepared to show them that peace to tell them about that peace and plant that seed right we can't grow it that's god's job but I would not want to be in a situation where I'm not armed with not some fancy scripture, but what God wants me to say. And, and my heart and my mind is ready to say it. And there's only one way to be prepared for that. Just like if you want to run a race, you go run and train. Same thing with reading that Bible. Yeah. Multiple reasons to read that, you know, but uh, that's my second answer to that question. Good stuff, man. Well, YouTube, <clears throat> we have a couple super chats here. Let me. Okay. Yeah. We at first of all, thanks, Brett. Yep. Any other good and any other good questions you saw pop up too? Um, Ricardo Carmona gave five dollars. Thank, Thank you, Travis Ricardo. Van S. We got ten. And Ricky Yo, he said that uh, we've helped him out a lot in his Thank life. And Thank you, Travis. Uh, he gave twenty bucks. So. Thank you, Ricky. Yep. These people are unbelievable, man. Yep. Well, YouTube, I'll, uh, I was going to say some mean things about you, but you guys just totally made my day. It's like an abusive relationship. Isn't <laughs> it, it is. One, one <laughs> my guy, relationship with YouTube is totally abusive. <laughs> one guy did say he's glad Chili's not sick, and I just want to say on the way back from uh, eating this morning, Chili said, uh, what I did to that bathroom over there wasn't real good. And we topped the hill, and there was three people in there hagging and gagging, and there was a couple outside laughing outside the bathroom he was using. And uh, had used, parent, yeah, yeah, had used. Apparently, it didn't quite go down, so <laughs> he might actually be sick. So you know, you said glad he's not sick, but yeah, he is sick. We had to load Blake's running vest down with wet wipes this morning before we stepped off on the run. So that was that pile of wet wipes that you saw. Laying at the base of the tree, which we did pick up before we left. Well, no, Dude. I'm not sick. Oh yeah, you're sick, buddy. I'm, I'm sick of you. you That's what I'm sick of. You, sick of your lip. Oh, also, I wanted to let you guys know, Chili did his first keynote speaking engagement <laughs> just this week. Where got, at? got made the same amount as you. Can too? everybody give him a round of applause? Well, that's not. That's not true. First of all, I didn't do any kind of speaking. Dude, and you leveled up. And second of all, a keynote speaker, you were the keynote speaker. Anybody else would have been the sub-note speaker. <laughs> no, no, so, I, I just got up there to, to prepare the ground, and you got in and dropped the bomb he opened on them. for you. Yeah, You're I so just, dumb, dude. Don't ever do that again. I've racked my brain to try to figure out why I even let you do that and didn't just sit there and go, no. Yeah, you went right on up there, man. I'm a little confused. Well, because I thought it'd be, I guess, I guess the reason is, is I was like, well, this will be. You didn't want to cause a Chuck scene. got up there and gave it a full sin, man. Yeah. Well, I didn't know what I was answering, so that's kind of the problem with that. But anyway, don't ever do that again or, well, I or else you, I will just sit there. I told you what to say and you got up there and said it, man. <laughs> Shelly, don't be so self-deprecating in that, man. I've been around you too long in these and I've watched you. You got it. 
get up there and smoke it. Oh, there'll no. come a day when he'll get you up there and no, no, no. bump him right out of the way. And no, you know, Chad, you I just stepped to the side, man. Chad would like for me and Blake to be speakers like him. I don't know about Blake, but I ain't fitting to do that. No. I got nothing in me. That, He'd only like us do it so he wouldn't have to. Yeah, I mean, public speaking, I ain't got nothing to Chili. say, man. I know I talk endlessly and talk all the time, especially people around me are like, well, what do you mean you ain't got nothing to say? I always talk. I ain't got nothing that I want to go up on a stage and just start proclaiming to people. I ain't a motivational speaker. I don't like to motivate people. Most of the time, my message will be, hey, you know what? If you think you can do it, you probably can't do it, to be perfectly honest with you, because you're soft and weak and lazy and fat like Chad. So, you know, you probably can't do it. So, that's that would be my message. So, no, I ain't got nothing to say. You're the one with the stuff to say, so I just try to enable you to speak. Like with the truck talk. How about that? Boom. I'll introduce you. How about that? I'll start introducing you. I'll get up there and be like, ladies and gentlemen, and they'll play Stranglehold in the background, and then I'll just bring you up with fog and smoke every time. How about that? Dude, you got it there and laid it down, Chili. You got the gift, <laughs> I brother. I didn't know what I was saying. One of the best things I've ever seen Chili say, motivational-wise, and he tells it like it is and the truth, but he, you do have a gentle way sometimes of giving it. And we were in a uh, AAR one time, and – it was a discussion of like giving it your best. What is your best? And you know, that whole bullcrap discussion of, of how that can go. And Chili was just looked at this dude and just went, look, if you're not going to give it your all, you don't want us to hold you accountable. Tell me, cause I'll start treating you different and I'll pat you on your back. And <laughs> like, man, why is that not motivational? I was motivated by that. He's I was got like, it, man. He does. He yeah, does. He's Dang, got it. Let's start not letting him be this self deprecating. Yeah, man. We're going to have to step up here. He's trying to shrug off, shrug off any responsibility, you know, to <laughs> lean into his gifts, man. I, I tell you, I, I haven't been doing a good job at leading him, Hal. Oh, I'm glad you Yeah, too. you have been doing a bad job because you tried to 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 put me over too much. You got to quit freaking doing that. It's going to start backfiring more and more. Well, that's good, too. We need you to fail a little bit as well. No, no, no. It's going to backfire on him. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. You try to put me over too much, man. What does that even mean? Well, I don't even know what that means. That's a wrestling, a pro wrestling term. <laughs> You're just dumb, man. Be putting him over. <laughs> I, I, I've done a poor job at leading this man over the last year. That is year, true because so. you've tried too hard. Um, you I, put him over, man. I'm getting ready. I mean, I'm trying to step up to the plate as his mentor. As his brother. You just can't get out of the, out of the backup his, box. I'm yeah, trying to step you know up what? to the plate as his elder Jeez. and try to lead him well. Well, stop trying. No, man, it's coming. I'm coming for you, son. <laughs> you don't get it, man. I'm coming for you, son. There's so many things that I can hear you now in, in a year or two or five, however long it takes. It's all the crap I try to tell you now, and you'll come out. It'll be a podcast in 2028, episode 974. Guys, I just learned something today. Guess what I learned? And it'll just be all the crap I've tried to tell you for years. Look, Remember I, when I thought I was in shape? I really wasn't in that yeah, good of shape, I mean, but now I am in good shape. If you're ever wondering about the podcast ending, we've got thousands of episodes banked up for Chad's lessons that he just ain't learned yet, but we'll hopefully will in the future, so... Look, man, I, I didn't say I don't also learn things from you, Chill. No, it's not that I'm teaching you anything. It's just we're sitting here telling you right now what you're not getting, you'll get later, and then you'll just come out with this revelation. Just anybody who's worried about the content banked up, we've got it. Trust me. Years and years of Chad's lessons. 
because he's too dang thick-headed to get it now, but you'll get it. Just a little uh, slow. I just wanted to, you know, tell the people that Chili did his first speaking engagement. Well, and not even so, true. Um, you did speak. Well, I, uh, yeah. Will, will, are you, can people hire you to come speak? No, 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 no. What's his, the price? His price is a hundred grand, but he's not taking he's not taking any engagements right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. Well, hey, I appreciate you guys having to come down and run with you today and yesterday and, and hop on here. So it's always a joy. So Heck we'll yeah. to have you, Hal. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you're on here today, Hal, because I'm gonna tell you, man, my two sidekicks right here, they did a terrible job on this well, episode. I might as well not it's, been here. I said. I'd like to hear what how you think and chili what you think about this. <laughs> well, anyway, I I love I love you, Hal, and I'm glad you're here and you're the only one that ever uh is is nice to me, so I'm really glad I'm really glad you challenged him today, Hal, because you know, being his mentor obviously means that he's butts back against me a lot. But to have a true elder in here <laughs> Bringing it, I think he heard some of that, man. Do you know who's ever called Chad my mentor? You know, there's only one person that's ever said that. Him? Him. Not me, not nobody else. Hey, Just bud. him. Hey, bud, I, I accept the responsibility that's been bestowed upon me. Who gave it to you? The Lord put you in my life, man. Yeah. Well, Lord we better shut this life. thing down. This is just, it. It's just rambling on. <laughs> well, that's what most people like anyways. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Lord willing, we'll see you next week. Enough said.